This is your Drive at 5 and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Looking forward to a good-looking weekend. Tomorrow, lots of sunshine. Uh, just a very, very slight chance of rain on Sunday. Uh, highs tomorrow in the 90s. Highs Sunday in the 80s. Lows both nights uh, this weekend in the 70s. Looks like it's going to be a nice weekend to get out and enjoy. Our listeners are no doubt familiar with John Hood and his conservative commentary via newspaper columns, his appearance on many different talk shows, numerous articles in the Carolina Journal. But now John is venturing out into new territory with a just-released novel entitled Mountain Folk. John joins me now to talk about his new book. John, welcome in. Good to have you with us. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. Uh, now, this is not your first book, but this is a novel. Uh, it's, uh, I would think it's uh, significantly, uh, uh, you know, for your, for your talents, uh, you, know, you, you deal with politics all the time to, to have a paradigm shift like this into uh, a, a little bit of fiction is uh, an, an interesting turn of events in your life. Well, I, I suppose that, that some of my critics would say that my seven previous books, which were nonfiction, were really fiction. <laughs> <laughs> but so, I, yes, I have written a, a number of books about economic history, political history in America and North Carolina. Uh, this novel is set during the American Revolution, largely in North Carolina, and it's not just a historical novel, it's a historical fantasy novel. So it has real-life characters like Daniel Boone and George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and so forth, but it also has magical characters, uh, elves and, and other kinds of fairies, dwarves, uh, who in my the world of mountain folk, they live in America in sort of remote locations. It, it sounds like a bizarre midlife crisis moment, I admit, but the truth <laughs> is that while it is a tale of adventure and, and frontier life and uh, America and its founding, um, it does have some important themes in it. Uh, it. It's fun, but it's fun with a purpose. Uh, we all know that there is a great deal of revisionism going on about American history. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Quite literally, heroes are being yanked down. Figuratively, lots of heroes are being toppled off their pedestals, and sometimes literally statues oh, yeah. and, and other works of art. Uh, my view is not that we should have an uncritical look at our past and indeed at American heroes. It's important to know that our heroes did heroic things, but they weren't perfect. That just about everybody who ever wielded power in our country who meant well sometimes made mistakes or got tempted to abuse power. That, that's real, and we should learn that. But my view about American heroes is that we need more of them. We don't right. need fewer of them. Right. We, we don't need to be yanking yanking people out of the out of the pantheon of America we need to be adding some so some of my characters real life characters are people that I do think that Americans should know more about uh, Nanyehi is one of the heroes of my novel she's a Cherokee woman in her youth she was actually a war woman she fought in in battle led her people to victory in a battle over a, a neighboring tribe but later in life became a peacemaker during the American Revolution and was torn between some of her people who allied with the British and attacked the Carolina frontier and others who didn't want to participate in that war because they thought it would end badly for the Cherokee, which it did. Uh, 
So I think that Nanyahi is one one of many people that uh, my readers will meet that they may not know very much about. And as we go through subsequent novels, this is actually the first of a series of novels I'm writing along this theme. Uh, my goal is to absolutely hold up our traditional American folk heroes for a new generation to enjoy, Daniel Boone, Davy Crockett, uh, lots of other people like that, but also to learn some new, uh, or maybe not so new, but some not well enough understood American heroes who fought for America's principles, even though they were slaves, even though they were uh, Indians who had been excluded from rights, even though they were women who were insisting on additional rights. They, they lacked a lot of formal power sometimes, but were still heroic actors in the story. And that's what I try to explain. Again, this is mostly an adventure book. I mean, there are, there are uh, escapes and knife fights and sword fights. And Daniel Boone fights a giant fire-breathing salamander, <laughs> which I'm, I'm sure you never expected me to say that sentence on your show, Tom. But, uh, that's different. But it's all, it's all in fun in a sense, but not really. There really are some important themes about American history and heritage and heroes here. Well, well it, it's—and by the way, for our listeners, if you want to know more, you can go to the website, mountainfolkbook.com, and John has done a series of 10 short video clips. They're probably three to five minutes each where he talks about right. different aspects of the book, and it is really very interesting. But one of the things that was sort of a question mark that I had is it almost appears like these are a number of short stories, but I'm assuming that there's got to be, if it's, a, if it's a novel, there's a theme throughout all the chapters. Uh, how, how exactly well, a, have you tied it together? Yeah, there is a theme. This is a novel. I mean, the, the, the discrete episodes or discrete adventures that my characters have, uh, sometimes a chapter might feel like a short story, but it's all part of a longer narrative. And okay. it starts with Daniel Boone and his family moving to North Carolina in the 1750s, takes you through the French and Indian War, the American Revolution, and the founding of the country, uh, and ends in, in the early 1790s. So it's, it's it spans a fair amount of time. You see somebody like Daniel Boone start out as a a young man and end up as a grizzled veteran. Um, but hmm. there, there, there is a theme here, and I hope that people both enjoy it and appreciate the celebration of America. We can expand what we mean by American heroes and American heritage uh, without tearing things down and pretending that America was founded on a lie or founded on a, an evil principle, which is simply not the case. Now, when I went through these series of videos, it appears that there's a little bit of nexus to uh, the folks here in eastern North Carolina. I know what you did one of the videos, I guess two of the videos over in Bath and one down at the uh, Tyrone uh, Palace down in uh, New Bern. Is there a connection That's to right. eastern North Carolina? Uh, there are some connections. The eastern North Carolina is featured even more prominently in the second novel in the series, which will come out next year. But there are references, for example, to, to the construction of what was called Tryon Palace and how angry that made the frontier people and led some of them to move over the mountains into what is now Tennessee and Kentucky. Hmm. A lot of the action happens in the mountain area because, of course, the name of the book is Mountain Folk. And what's striking about that period of our history is a lot of those frontier people, they weren't all that crazy about the revolution because the revolution was being led by the eastern elites that they were fleeing Hmm. And so they were tempted by British agents. They were tempted not to participate. Now, that I resolved that conflict in the book, but it, it's an interesting part of our history we don't know enough about. American Revolution was a civil war. 
as much as it right. was. Yeah, a, a lot of people invasion. aligned themselves with uh, with the king. They did. Yeah. And so many Indian tribes did, too, which is a big part of the book, is the relationship between the Cherokees and the frontier people. You know, when I heard you describe your book, uh, in, and you and I have been texting back and forth and getting you on the air, but also looking at these videos, J.R.R. Tolkien came to mind. Uh, was are, are you a fan of Tolkien's? Absolutely, and that's exactly the right image. Just imagine if the American Revolution were an epic fantasy. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I'm trying to do here. That's a pretty big, sweeping story, even though there's some individuals that we focus a lot on. And that's what I got from Tolkien and other writers like that, Lord of the Rings and other writers, is you have a big, sweeping, gigantic story that means a great deal, but you've also got to focus on the conflicts and the personalities of of key characters that the reader identifies with. I have some human characters like that, and I have some fairy characters like that. You know, what's interesting, though, Tolkien, all he had to do, and I'm not trying to make it sound simple, I mean, he, he, I, I love his work, and I've read his work, and, you know, he's he's a genius, but it was, you know, it, he basically just had to dig down into his imagination, and, and I'm sure his life experiences played into, you know, his final products, his final books, but I would think you not only had to come up with your imagination, but you also had to do your history work. You had to go check your facts as your as your because I'm I'm assuming you're trying to on the historical part you're trying to be fairly accurate there, are you not? Oh yes, I mean this this was probably the most deeply researched book I've ever written, even though it is a fiction book. It's got a lot of history in it. I made sure that a lot of the a lot of the historical facts and, and times. I don't put characters together unless they could have actually in real life been in the same place at the same time. Spent a lot of time on studying battles and how they how they unfold. I even went to some of the locations and walked them and had hmm. to revise the chapter because I realized I had, for example, some people running along a field and actually it's a, it's a steep slope and they couldn't have run up it. So I had hmm. to change the, the action. So I tried very hard to make this to the, even to the d- details of which seeds the Cherokee women crushed to dye their baskets, <laughs> little, little, just little details like that that make it feel more like real life, even though you're also dealing with uh, fairy creatures and a giant sea monster. We're talking to John Hood about his new book, Mountain Folk. You can find out more about it at mountainfolkbook.com. How long did it take you to write this, John? I mean, if you include the research and everything else, I, I, this is a multi-year project, certainly, isn't it? Well, uh, it didn't. it wasn't that way. Uh, because some of this history I had already known a lot about, uh, it took me about uh, about five or six months. Wow! To, to do, I'm impressed. Um, well, I, you, something you probably have already figured out about me, Thomas. I don't really take time off very well, so this was something I did primarily on the weekends. Um, some people would watch TV or play outside, and I was sitting in a in in a computer or in a library delving into old memoirs and history books, folklore guides, and developing the world of mountain folk. I enjoyed it. I mean, I hope readers do too, but frankly, I enjoyed the process myself. Have you gotten feedback? I mean, as, as it's gone out there, obviously this is your first venture into a novel. What, what kind of response have you heard so far? Well, people are enjoying it. They're, they're often surprised. They didn't quite know what to expect. They particularly like, North Carolina readers like the fact that a fair amount of it happens in North Carolina, particularly in the early part of the novel, so they recognize places. The, the main fairy nation that is part of this story lives on top of Pilot Mountain, 
up near uh, north of Winston right. Salem. Um, and so I, I have some things in there that North Carolinians will particularly enjoy. But my readers around the country that I've been hearing from, uh, what they enjoy most is this notion that it's historically accurate plus monsters. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, it, it sort of reminds me not only J.R. Tolkien, but it so, sort of reminds me of uh, Rush Limbaugh. Uh, you know, he had those Rush Revere books come out. Now, they were aimed at children, uh, right. teaching them history while they're having a good time. And it sounds like this is might be sort of an adult version of that. That's right. This is sort of a this sort of a teen and, and adult version of that idea. Um, but yes, uh, someone else mentioned the Limbaugh books to me today. I hadn't really thought about that. I read some of those back in the day, but it is the, that is the category here. It's historical with some flights of fancy mixed together. Well, I haven't read it yet, but I am going to. I'm going to get it. I'm going to read it. And uh, now the next one you're working on right now, I guess, is. Um, uh, mountain the next, uh, one is called, the next one is called Forest Folk. Okay. Yeah, so each of the novels in the series will be a different. Mountain Folk is the first novel. Forest Folk is the second novel. That occurs mostly uh, during the, the early 1800s through the, the War of 1812 and into the 1830s. The third book will be called Water Folk and will involve the Alamo and the Mexican War and adventure on the high seas. So we'll see We'll see how many of them uh, my... my uh, Late 50s stamina will degenerate, <laughs> but so far I've really enjoyed it. I was telling an audience last night, one of the fun things about this is that the characters sometimes didn't do what I wanted them to do. Um, you create hmm. characters and you have a basic outline, you expect this action to go a certain way. Sometimes the logic of the characters you've developed and the situations you've already written kind of lead you to a different outcome. I had some events that I thought I was going to write into the Mountain Folk. It didn't end up happening because, you know, not to be too silly about it, but basically my characters refused to follow my direction. It just didn't make (laughs) sense for them to do what I had thought they were going to do. The logic of the story and of their personalities led me to a different different ending that I didn't expect. So even I was waiting, you know, for for the next chapter. What's going to happen next? Well, that, that's an interesting point. I've always, I've, I've never begun to sit down at my computer and begin to write a book. I mean, I do a lot of writing, but mm-hmm. I, I never in book form, but I've always thought, how would you go about something like this? As you approach this, did you have an opening and a middle and a conclusion already in your mind? Or was it as you went through, okay, what's going to happen next? Well, I had an outline of the entire book, chapter by chapter, uh, and that's the way I've written all of my books. Of course, the previous nonfiction books, you sort of have to do it that way. Right. What I found is that I more or less stuck to my outline, but there were certain details and certain developments that I had expected to include later in the book that when I got, by the time I got there, writing everything out the way I was, I realized that's not the right answer. That's not the right outcome. That's not what that character would do. So some of the specifics change, but the general outline I've, I've followed, I followed, I find that I have to do that so that I have some sense of where I'm going. There you go. Interesting stuff, uh, John. Uh, thanks for coming on and sharing with us uh, ab- about this, and we encourage our folks to go to uh, the website. It's mountainfolkbook.com. And I like your website because not only can you order the book there, but it really does give you a lot of insights into what the book is about. As I mentioned, there's 
There's 10 little video clips of John on location at these different areas where uh, the different chapters take place. He's up at Pilot Mountain and uh, one of the segments. He's uh, down in New Bern at one. He's in, in Bath and a couple of them. So that, that, that your website was very well done. I, I really appreciated that. Well, I appreciate that. It was fun. There's even a map yeah, there yeah. that you can find that you can sort of figure out where the where the real life places are and the places that I've imagined. Okay. All right. Well, I look forward to uh, to getting it. And it sounds like a good summertime read if you're going down to the beach and you're looking for something to read as you're uh, sitting under the umbrella grab mountain folk and you can find more about it at mountainfolkbook.com thank you john have a great weekend look forward to talking to you again soon thank you much you bet stay with us more news and views coming up